This is Recode Media with Peter Kafka. That's me. And today's sponsor is Videoblocks, a subscription-based stock media company that gives you unlimited access to premium stock footage everyone can afford. You get unlimited daily downloads from a library of 115,000 HD video clips, After Effects templates, motion backgrounds, and cinemagraphs. Subscribers pay an average of less than a dollar per download over the course of a year. Everything is 100% royalty-free. Even if you cancel your subscription, you keep whatever you download, maintain usage rights forever. Get your yearly subscription today for only $99 at videoblocks.com slash recode. Hello, genius.com dudes. Please introduce yourself. I'm Elon. What's up? Elon, what's your last name? Zakori. Tom Lehman. Tom Lehman. L-E-H-M-A-N. M-A-N. Um, Man spelled in the usual way. <laughs> formerly known as rapgenius.com dudes, now genius.com dudes. Everyone knows who you are. It's but an app also, it, so it, just genius. If for some reason people don't know what genius.com and the genius app do, tell them. Genius is sort of like subtitles for what people are really saying. It's like pop-up video. So you old. might hear the lyrics of a song or the text of a speech and wonder, what's actually going on? What's going on behind the lyrics, behind the words? What went into the creation of this? What do the people involved have to say about it? Um, it's sort of like a companion to experiencing culture and uh, looking deeper. We always say look deeper. It's a double entendre. You're, you're annotating. We are annotating, yes. Who's doing the annotating? <sighs> Who's doing the annotating? It's anyone. Anyone. Can, if, one thing we like to say is that if you have a brain, you're a genius, which is to say that uh, there's no one genius out there who knows everything about music or politics or, or culture generally, but, but together we know uh, a lot and you know everyone has that little piece of obsession that they can contribute and uh, the sum of all those things and of course the uh, the special pieces of obsession contributed by the creators of any work of art add up to a pretty cool thing called genius so it's crowdsourced you're getting people to do the work for you yes for free. that's correct so I want to talk about that and talk about the model I want to talk about you guys as entrepreneurs because um, I think those are all interesting Let's start off by just explaining how you got to here, because you're a couple years into this now, right? Maybe more than We're that. We're almost seven years into the project. Because you look like you're 24. When Thank I you. was seven years Tom, old. I'm feeling like Lucas Graham right now. Yeah. I don't even Tom know Tom shaved. I can't grow a beard. So he has a song called Seven Years. We're sort of forever 27. Number one. But we're 32. But was this something you did in college or you did post-college? This was um, post-college. We met in college. but this Yale? Was, you say New Haven? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We met in New Haven. Are you from there? No. Oh. I just met Talk from like, Yale, yeah. Okay. From yeah, Minnesota. we we uh, we met in college and we this was, you know, we just built some stuff together as we were roommates and this was in the middle of some other projects we were doing and this was the, the sort of lark for our own interests so and what, for our what, friends project. So this was a thing you built in college. No, no. After college. After we were well, roommates we built after the groundwork we were, of a relationship, <laughs> yeah. which is We were adult roommates uh, at 23, 24. And what was the plan? So let's, hey, the internet's a thing, Facebook's a thing, we should do one of those things. It was sort of the internet's a thing and it's sort of slow and weird and people make weird design choices. We started actually being kind of salty critics of stuff we were seeing on the internet. Like Tom was especially critical of Seamless. Uh, seamless web at the time he had a, i really try not to be so critical anymore. it's hard <laughs> no, no, it is hard. really tom hard. had a really so funny don't blog. criticize people ever tom had a really funny blog which was seamless web sucks where he shat on seamless's ui when, when you were writing blogs about how much uh, seamless sucks um and you weren't the only one to think that um, it's great service though it's gotten better what were, you, what were your day jobs what were you doing after college i was working at a hedge fund called de shaw in new york tom was a, a product manager who was building like 
workflow technology. Tom had this piece of software he worked on extensively called Desflow, which was their internal workflow. Like if you have to file a bug or request an mm, office workflow. supply. And Tom knew so much about Desflow. And I'd, I had talked to him so extensively about Desflow. It was only natural that we kind of moved into something else, I think. But so, the so was Blackberry the idea- app for Desflow we would call Desflow Bear. So, so w- <laughs> like Flow Bear. Was the thought, our, our plan is to make a thing. And we'll just get around to figure out what that thing is, or was your plan? We're gonna, I'm gonna hang out at DE Shaw it, and work my way up. I think we both had a sort of uh, the work my way up. I was working at Google, and um, I think we both thought our jobs were were fine and great, but they made us tired, and we were there a lot, and they weren't our projects, and we had a lot of energy, and I think we applied it towards building stuff on the internet and um, you know I gotta give it up for Tom he became a great programmer very so, fast so my original plan was to go to law school actually uh, and you wised one up. with old buildings and you so you wised up and you said alright was Rap Genius the first thing you built or did you do was there something before that there was Fliff, which was basically Venmo. Uh, it was on the Facebook app platform when that was a thing. Remember Slide and yeah, like stuff yeah. like that? So Facebook app platform was, was the... 2007, 2008. Yeah, was and um, we built basically fly. Venmo. It was called Fliff, and it worked. And some people used it, and we built uh, bombsheets.com, which was a simple... It was like Casper for sheets, which they're a parachute and stuff like that. They exist now. We just didn't quite you know slam dunk that one, but we built it and sold some sheets and... Uh, uh, some other stuff and Better Metro North. Yeah, uh-huh. shout that out. Still exists actually. BetterMetroNorth.com. So you guys went through a bunch of these. Let's try this one. Let's try this one. Let's try this one. We had a Google Wave where we would talk about this stuff. Yeah, my theory Speaking was let's build twenty things. Twenty things. How could one not yeah. take off? And uh, Genius was like the fifth or sixth thing. So it was originally Rap Genius, right? It was Rap it was Exegesis, an- an- annotating rap lyrics still is still yes. is a core thing to what you do for sure and did you when you built that was there a oh this is working this is real traction moment definitely thought it was cool it was working to do that from almost the the very the very beginning the sort of first uh day the first couple of days it definitely seemed cool to be able to click on the interesting or confusing lyric and then it tells you uh what it means which was basically the internet version of the fun thing that was happening in our apartment with uh, words and just conversation. And so that was definitely cool in terms of Because there's Wikipedia, right? It. But no, nothing really sort of seriously going through and figuring out what this Beastie Boys it, lyric meant. Information is out there. It's very disparate. And so, like, there's an interview with the Beastie Boys that probably says a bunch of interesting stuff about what a song means. And there's also a Wikipedia page and there's Beastie Boys fan sites and whatever. You know, our idea was basically, like, you experience a song. What's the sort of companion, uh, information pack, internet, interactive thing that goes along with it. And the lyrics are definitely a big part of it. And anything else that's interesting about a song centered on the song and that core idea of just let's take a conversation about rap lyrics and maybe put it online and see see how it goes was like instantly the moment, the aha moment for me, the sort of like, whoa, now I can read moment or something was like, you know, it was just... I know Kung Fu. Yeah, it was, it was, it was exactly <laughs> that, which was just... Reading through one song with the annotations that uh, our friend Ariel had made. A Star it, is Born. And it just walked me through the song, and it was like, oh, this is really fun, interesting way to experience a song. And I was like, wow, imagine if this was the companion for all music. Like, that was. And because you guys are clever guys, did you also go, oh, and there's a business here, too? Because if you look around, lyric sites were a big thing, still are a big thing. They're very search-friendly. Like, once you look at it from afar, like, oh, this is a really obvious thing for you, someone to have done. Did you figure out, oh, this is also a business at the same time, or did that come later? Definitely there was a notion about 
a better lyric site from the beginning, and the the size of lyrics was always on our minds, but mostly we were thinking about it from a pure, like, how can we make this popular standpoint? So we were thinking about SEO, we were thinking about building community, but in the beginning we were just thinking, like, how can we get anyone uh, to pay attention to this right. and to work on it with us. And so that was the main. A lot of it was getting people to work on it with us. So, you know, for the first little while, you know, I don't think we had some expectation of traffic and whatever. We definitely wanted feedback, but like a lot of it was just how can we get other people who know a lot about music, rap especially, like involved in the project to make the resource because it was only as good as the annotations basically. And so we needed people who were knowledgeable, who were passionate to come join our Google group. Yeah, how do you, and, how do you entice them? How do you, you know, it sort of was a lead by example thing. Like we put out, we were really careful at the beginning for the first three, five, 10, 20 songs. Like we all looked at them, we all critiqued them and, and asked if they were actually good. Um, and I think by putting out some good stuff, we, attra- and we left, you know, it wasn't crowdsourced at the time. It was just a sort of invite only thing. And we left, we did make like a comment thread at the end and people who would leave intelligent comments would often, often leave their email and we would just email them and say, hey, like, great comment. Like, do you want to take part in this project? And they'd be like, wow, cool. And we'd meet, talk to them on the phone. Or So you, you are building up a network literally one person at a time via email, via phone calls. Absolutely. It's got to be playful, too. That's something we, you know, realize for it to be fun to read, for it to be fun to contribute to. It's got to be playful. Literary criticism is literature, period. Like, you can't draw a line between the two. So the, the playful part, right? This is you, you, you guys. You guys <laughs> are you guys are entertaining yourselves right now. You're you're funny guys. You're entertaining guys. Um, you also made, I think, a deliberate choice. You tell me of, of we're going to project an image that we're treating this as a joke, but with a good sense of humor, right? There's anytime I Google you, there's a picture of you and Josh Constein and your <laughs> former co-founder wearing Ray Bans on stage. Mm. I mean, what was the thinking there? Like, why brand yourself that way? It was sort of an emergent phenomenon. There was, you know. Definitely there are people, if you've met many people, you've been in, in Silicon Valley or any context, New York, San Francisco, whatever, who take themselves too seriously. And to some extent, we were interested in parodying and telling everyone, let's not be uh, taking ourselves so seriously. Um, looking back, there's definitely some embarrassing material out there. I think there's also a piece of it, which is you know, the biggest challenge at the beginning stages of something is that people don't care. And so when you get feedback, and I'm not really speaking for me particularly because I'm not really much of a performer, but like when you get the feedback that people care and are paying attention, that you can kind of keep doing what you're doing, double down, be crazy and get more attention. And so um, I think we've changed a lot, but there's definitely those pictures of the sunglasses are still the top Google image search. Yeah, no. And I mean, and and for better and I guess mostly for worse, right? Like when the people talk about sort of a bro-y stereotype for startups, right? Like you guys fall into that group. I don't want to be the bro who protests too much, yeah. but like we're the we're the least bro. We're not I'm very even less bro-y. less broy. Bro is a pretty malleable <laughs> term, right? It means means dudes, yeah. right? Mostly, I think at this point, and they think of young startup founders who 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 play Magic the Gathering. Who play Magic? Who, <laughs> I played who, last night. Who are quite pleased with themselves? Who think like, all right, we've licked this problem, right? We're in our twenties, and we've solved we've solved a problem. The rest of you guys haven't, and it can be anybody. But you guys sort of leaned into that, and I think it's probably come back to bite you a couple different times. And then I'm nodding my head. You're nodding your yeah. head because you're not going to keep, no, keep digging the grave. I, yeah, I, mean, I just think the the public image, the early public image of Rap Genius was uh, had a ton of different 
yeah. a lot of negative stuff. Yeah, one of them was uh, your one your co-founder, whose name I'm going to butcher, so you guys tell me what his name was. Mahbud. Mahbud. And so he's no longer here. He's doing uh, his own thing. You guys fired him um, after he left comments, after the, God, I hate so many mass shootings, after the Santa Barbara mass shootings. Was that something that was going to happen? Any, were you going to part ways with him anyway, or was it because of that one incident? But who knows? You know, I mean, it's tough to say about the, the past. You know, I think um, hard to, yeah. It's a complicated situation. He's doing his own thing. He's got his own startup now, which is another knowledge project. Seems like a good fit, and they're doing some interesting stuff. So, like, we really wish him the best. It's, a comp- it's more complicated than one event in time. Like, we had a whole long Usually relationship, is. knew him for a long time, and, uh, and um, you know, wish him the best. So have you guys made a conscious decision to sort of reset? Like, so it's not Rap Genius, it's Genius, no more Wayfarers or Ray-Bans or whatever the glasses were. Um, is that intentional on your part or just a natural evolution? I think you've got you've to always be sort of rebirthing yourself. You know, I think even though we um, – there is something to what we were doing before that related to did people uh, know about the thing we were doing and how could we get attention. I think we definitely uh, made some mistakes doing that. But I think now it's a different stage. You know, now we're, um, we're trying to do, you know, some more serious, significant stuff and act – you know, a little more in accordance with with that. I think that, um, you know, also like what you say, like when you're younger, so there's the Bob Dylan song, My Back Pages. Are you familiar? Mm-hmm. And some of the, uh, the refrain, or I guess the chorus, what's the difference between? <laughs> okay, so the chorus is, uh, I was so much older then, I'm younger than that now. Do you know what that means? No, it's a Bob Dylan lyric. It's whatever you want it to be. Nope, nope. This has a definite, correct interpretation. That's the other thing. I used to be much more of like a child of the Enlightenment in terms of like you could say what something actually means. But in this case, you can. It means that when you are younger, you feel more certain yep. of yourself. You are. You feel older. You feel like you figured things out maybe a little bit more. Then you get older and you're like, whoa, like, I, you know, <laughs> I don't know. And so I think that natural process of uh, uh, of evolving has definitely made me um, sort of more forgiving of uh, the seamless UI. So we did the, <laughs> we did the past. We're going to do the future in a minute. In between, we're going to sell something. So hang on for one second. We'll be right back. Hey, Genius Dudes, you guys look like you need a subscription-based stock media company, which means you need to talk to Videoblocks. Today's show is brought to you by Videoblocks. Videoblocks is a subscription-based stock media company that gives you unlimited access to premium stock footage everyone can afford. You get unlimited daily downloads from a library of 115,000 HD video clips, After Effects templates, motion backgrounds, and cinemagraphs. You get subscribers pay an average of less than a dollar per download over the course of a year. Same stuff you'd find on more expensive stock sites, but it's cheaper, just as good. It's a great variety of time-lapse, aerials, U.S. international locations, slow motion, nature shots, and more. They have so much stuff there. They're continuously adding new content to the library so it stays fresh. Subscribers receive membership-only access to the marketplace for even more clips from the global contributor community. Everything is 100% royalty-free, even if you cancel your subscription. You get unrestricted usage rights for your personal or commercial projects. Keep what you download. Maintain your rights forever. Videoblocks offers my listeners a year subscription for only $99. That's 50 bucks off the usual price tag for my listeners only. That's less than 10 bucks a month. Get your yearly subscription today for only $99 at videoblocks.com slash recode. That's videoblocks, which is spelled V-I-D-E-O-B-L-O-C-K-S dot com slash recode for this exclusive offer. And here we are. That was quick, right? It was magical. That was that's cool. Amazing. Are you guys going to buy that stuff? You should. So let's talk about the product today. There, It's genius. It's genius.com. It's annotating the entirety of digital existence. Summing that up correctly, 
You can go to Genius.com. Definitely great website. Also apps, also a presence in Spotify and in the future, everywhere music is played and culture is experienced. So definitely Genius.com is a big part of it, but the goal is to be much more of a, uh, a sort of substrate. Yeah, See, but- you want your stuff to show up in places where I'm not looking for it necessarily, right? Like, like I should be encountering something on an app or the web and you guys have a presence there. But you can't just sort of show up, right? You've got to get me to do something for that to happen. So there's a tension there. Yeah, there is a tension of how do you expose your content on other publishers and how do you distribute? And everyone's doing that via the natural Facebook and Twitter and whatever else. You know, we've been doing it for years. You know, you could have turned on BET in 2012, at the end of 2012, and you'd be watching the countdown of best music videos of the year. And there's Rap Genius with the uh, with the fact you weren't expecting about the music video. And so we're doing that with Spotify. And, you know, we believe that, the future of this thing is not people quitting the out where they're listening to a song, opening a new window and Googling song lyrics and ending up at a different thing, our thing, or opening our app. We believe the future is everything is where it's supposed to be, you know, however long that takes. And so, um, you know, we believe that in, in YouTube, in Apple, Amazon, Spotify, when you're listening to a song, there's going to be more for you. And we've been spending a long time building up that more and we're still working on it and it's it's going pretty well. So, so to be clear, like on the web, there's a version where I can go in and, and type in the URL and add what dot. How do I? How You're do saying I to annotate another yeah, website, right? So there's a version where I can look at a New York Magazine article mm-hmm. with your annotations by changing the URL. You can just type to the left of the URL, and that's a weird thing. But yeah. go to the left of the URL and type genius.com/slash, and then hit enter before the URL. So it's genius.com/slash nymag/slash.com/slash. <laughs> you actually cut the dot com from the no, 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 genius.com no, no. slash nymag.com slash articles slash, you it's, know, 10 best hamburgers. So simple. It seems so simple to do it. Uh, maybe you guys can do an instructional video. So there's there's a way I can do that if I'm a hardcore. You just type genius.com slash before the URL, and then the world of annotation on any website is open to you. I, I need to know that exists, right? So you guys need to figure out how to get me to do that. But right. it, like you said, we're moving to a world where I'm going to consume. We were just talking about this. You know, it seems like most media now is going to end up getting distributed either via Facebook Instant Articles and probably Google AMP pages or some version Shout of that. And then Snapchat. Snapchat. Yeah. Snappy Snap. But it's, it's going to happen on someone's platform where someone's going to say, here's how you should consume this media. So your stuff is not going to show up there unless you work out a deal with those platforms, right? Yeah. And we are working with a lot of those platforms like Washington Post, for example, you know, almost every day is putting out political content that's annotated by their writers or annotated by other experts and candidates and campaigns. And so that's a great example of like an engaging way a publisher could do it, uh, could participate too. So there's the Chrome extension, there's using the URL and distributing that through Twitter and Facebook. And there's also publishers doing it too. But you, but for this to work at scale, right? Mm-hmm. It's got to be, I mean, there's the, there's the version where I go, I want to know more about that rap lyric and I go to your site because I know it exists. But there's the stuff where it turns out the Washington Post articles have been annotated. I won't know that unless someone brings it to me. I won't know that this article is this New York Magazine article is annotated and discussed unless someone brings that to me. Usually, or I'm in a very small circle of people who talks about this stuff and blogs. Look, about it's it. ju- it's like early rap. Like you've got to build something of value, and so until we built a layer on top of rap music that people found valuable and worth using, you know, ultimately, whatever, like you're just trying to build that layer. And so I think right now, through the, the mechanisms we have and the amount of publisher participation we have, it's more than sufficient and the distribution to get people interested in creating good annotations on stuff that's relevant to them. And so we want to 
build a group, another type of group, a, a media critic, political uh, type person uh, who wants to write about the news. We want to build that community the same way we built the music community. And then when there's something of value, the publishers, the browsers, the distributors are going to say, oh, wow, that, that layer of value is something I want, just like the music distributors are going to want the So we've got this of group music. of people who's, who are hardcore rap or annotator mm-hmm. or whatever fans, mm-hmm. and we'll build that up and eventually that will become an asset that those distributors will want, and then they'll cut a deal with us. That's right. So periodically there will be a story about you. There was one recently where there was a fight about – I can't even remember. Was it was a New York Magazine piece. Mm-hmm. We even wrote about it. I, the, I talked to the writer who wrote it. I had a hard time understanding it. We flipped around and around. Alana Massey. It, it was about whether or not some outsiders had a right to annotate a piece, essentially, right? Right. And it struck me that this was a non-debate. Like if you publish something on the internet, anyone can say whatever they want about it. It's, but it's well, but there was a, a there was a debate about annotation. This. You know, like I think with kind of as we were saying, annotation. Um, at its core is about attaching commentary, criticism, exegesis, explanation to the actual thing. And, um, you know, you could, even the earliest days of, of Rap Genius, you could explain or criticize or, or comment on what was going on in lyrics without attaching them to the lyrics. And that existed, and people have done that. Um, but there's something special and intense and magical that happens when you attach it to the thing. And that's, I think, what people were reacting to in this case. Like, it's no, more- but there was an argument saying, well, you don't have the right to do this. And I, that really, I came up short there. I didn't understand. It seemed like I'd wandered into some discussion that I'd missed half of. But I, when, when I went back, I said, no, no, they really, the author was saying, you really don't have the right to do this. This is hateful in some way and or threatening. Did I you, think did people. That, did, did, I think it's related to. I think it's a reaction to the visual display of information. It's. It feels more like an invasion of space when it's literally exactly conceptually, logically, it's exactly the same thing as just writing about something. Like right. Or my, my saying, metaphor was like these are people in a room talking about you, and you may not like the fact they're talking about you, but they're in the room doing a- it. Annotation is basically the courage to say it to your face. It's like, I'm not going to go over here. And that's why it's going to be interesting in the election, people annotating each other's things directly. It just draws you a little closer. It's like when, when Trump gives a speech and then Hillary gives a speech elsewhere in America later on a different channel or whatever in response to it, then there's articles written that, you know, it's, right. it's kind of, let's just bring, let's bring everybody, let's make it a debate right on Yeah, the I mean, thing. usually the debate doesn't actually happen, right? Like, right. Like-minded people end up on one Facebook feed and then everyone else ends up on the other Facebook feed and you actually don't really... Your Facebook feed, everyone loves Hillary, and you can't believe that anyone thinks that Trump is a is a good idea. And then there's an alternate except version that, of that one reality. kid from middle school who's on Infowars. Exactly, and is hitting you I up. found What's that guy. Infowars? He's also an NRA fan. We'll talk about Infowars yeah. later. But so your idea is you can actually bridge that stuff together. But did that reaction in that New York Magazine piece? Did that make you guys rethink at all what you're doing? Or you said no, no, we're we're plunging ahead. What we did do was even though we have a, a very strong community of moderators who's policing things for abuse and hate speech, and we really have not had real abuse on our side. We've had criticism of other people's writing and whatever. But we did build a feature just out of respect for you know the as this thing gets bigger, the possibility we built in some better detection. And and reporting of abuse functionality and stuff. So, you know, to that end, it was productive for our product. I did think some people were a little bit sensitive and confused in the conversation. And I think annotation and holding people accountable and shedding light on, you know, different types of claims that are people are making is just a positive. So you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, we're not really changing philosophies. You're changing your product. No. You guys raised a pile of money from Andreessen Horowitz was the, was the main investor. That was a few years ago. Do you have to go back out anytime in the near future and raise more, or are you good for a while? 
we're good for a while and we're also focusing on making money. You know, it's we spent a long time building a company, building technology, building community. And I think now we're properly investing in turning it into a business that can stand on its own two feet. We're very motivated to keep the project going and make it successful. And I mean, there's, there's a, are you aware of the sort of discussions about, oh, there's a crunch and it's harder to get funding for startups. And if you want to raise more money, you've got to prove out that you're at X, Y, and Z stage, or is that sort of separate from what you're doing day to day? There's a lot to look at on the internet that can, you know, distract you from the very real like sort of challenges you have day to day. So I, among various other things, I didn't even know what InfoWeb was. InfoWars. InfoWeb, good domain. <laughs> Maybe we can annotate Mark podcasts. Daniel. But you know, of course you're aware. Like we're we're not we don't have our heads, you know, that uh, far down. That far down. No, we we know what the world is like, and we also know that a business needs money is the lifeblood of any business, and it either has to come from uh, an investor or a company or brands or your customers or whatever. And we ha- we know what spreadsheets say, and like we're aware of what's going on. Uh, in, so how are in you guys going to make money? You hired a revenue guy. What's so we sell? are we built a small sales team, and we're developing a bunch of products and media that we're going to market with, and it's going really well. You know, we've what, got what, what what are you selling? So we're selling a few things. So one is we've you know have invested in content over the past year a lot, and maybe quietly, but maybe you're starting to see more on your Facebook feed, uh, Genius Premium sort of video stuff coming out. And, you know, we're getting a lot of video out there and we're creating these video series. My Facebook feed is all someone else's kids and then Hillary stuff. So no, but Facebook's rough. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, you know, we're creating content. But the thing we're really excited about is basically, Tom likes to call it uh, sponsored knowledge. And so uh, this is something we're actually working on with a few brands. It's like an ad product that we think is interesting, which is basically like if you're a consumer and you're experiencing something you love, like a song, for example, like brands like to throw you an advertisement there. Sure. But what actually brings you in closer to the song? What gets you to pay attention? So if you can imagine um, watching a music video or watching a song streaming and, and it's as you're learning something. You focus in on that. Your eyes look at that. You read that. You look closely. And you're experiencing something you're really interested in. That's a deep moment of openness and engagement. And brands just bring you that fact, bring you that knowledge. So uh, a brand can sponsor an artist talking about its it, their music or a really so interesting this is, this fact. Is branded content. It's just content. It's just knowledge brought to right. you by a brand. Right. But so it's this, a moment. this is a new idea that everyone's embracing. That this is a super old idea, right? Such and such brought. To it's you literally by brought so to you. That's the 1950s. This exactly. show is brought to you by Tylenol. But it's like, hey, it's a song you love and some knowledge that's interesting to you. That's a friendly brought to you by. But it's also, I think, there's something special going on in terms of the user experience of annotation and the user experience of, it, of experiencing an ad are kind of similar. So, for example, you're reading a New York Times article. A recode article. You're reading a recode article and you scroll. Some kind of content. Some kind of. of premium of, content. Premium. Uh, fire. Fire content. <laughs> and you scroll and then between two paragraphs you will see uh, an ad. It is something uh, kind of, in a sense, layered on top of the content you're experiencing. And that's kind of what we're trying to do with annotation. So what if between paragraphs, instead of being a sort of total context switch to a different train of thought, um, what if the thing between the paragraphs were... Uh, an annotation about the thing you were reading, a piece of context that was not part of the thing that you were reading, but was about the thing that you were reading. And so, you know, that's kind of the idea behind annotation. That's also the idea uh, behind, you know, a lot of advertising. And so if you could kind of meld those two things So you together. guys were like five years into this before you were really trying to monetize in any significant way, right? 
we've always been kicking around ideas right. and talking to people in the world and the marketplace, but before seriously investing in, in monetization, like putting our effort to it, yeah. But so now that you're out in the market, what surprises you about the reaction you're getting when you bring this stuff out? Because one, one thing to say, this would be a great idea, and then another thing to go knock on doors and try to sell it. I don't think that, I mean, I don't want to speak too soon. There haven't been like such major surprises. We're learning about what the world of like brands and how they work and how those institutions function and what they want and agencies, the brand agency relationship, who does what, what the secret codes are. And I think we've never done that before. And so that's been a learning experience and just understanding the timelines. Like there's just a lot of specific specialized stuff. Oh, it's going to take this long to sell this thing. Yeah. Like how, how does a, an agency plan a budget for a brand's advertising spend and what does that spreadsheet look like? Like, it's pretty complicated and specialized stuff, and stuff takes longer than you think. But, like, no major surprises. I think people still like good ideas and shun bad ideas. And they want novel stuff, right? Yeah. A, I mean, that's that's an advantage you guys have right now, right? This is a thing you haven't seen before. It's not like somebody else. I'll, you guys can pitch it yourself. I don't need to pitch it for you. Also, right? if you think about the persona of genius, you know, the type of you know genius were a person, what type of person uh, would it be? And this is something we've thought about from the beginning because really when – uh, when I was thinking about the product especially, I was thinking about uh, the literal conversations that the product was supposed to mirror and the, the, the people that were involved in the conversations. These were conversations about musical knowledge and, you know, when Alon and, and other early uh, contributors to the site were explaining and, and commenting on lyrics, I was like, wow, like, th- this is so interesting and y'all are so cool for knowing about lyrics. And so the idea behind the product is what if you had... Uh, your sort of musical expert, knowledgeable uh, friend listening to music with you and uh, pausing the track and explaining stuff to you. And then, you know, obviously genius is the amalgam of of so many minds. And and uh, that personality is just a cool personality to hang out with and a cool personality to align yourself with. And um, you mentioned you mentioned music experts was a year ago. You hired Sasha Fair Jones, who was then the New Yorker's main music writer. He's not there you guys said that didn't work out. Are you hiring other people to do what he did for you to sort of be in-house experts? Yeah, we've hired a lot of really amazing people. So I could rattle them off and brag about them. Like Rob Markman, we hired from MTV, who's an amazing music journalist. Brendan Frederick is uh, from from Complex, and he was the VP so of the, content so there. The he knows everything of, about so the, the history of So the idea of having experts... But having a business model where you get the community to do this stuff for free for you, how do those balance out? It's not so much like a business model of getting people to do stuff for free. It's only good if it's fun for them. Like, So we've tried to create a video game that people want to play um, and give them pride in creating something. Like, We are really, I think, much more like Wikipedia in... Um, what we want to build than we are like social media. It is a social experience for the people who create it, but it's like, how do we find people who want to create something of lasting value and point to it and say, I made that. And you know what? In 10 years, when you're listening to uh, that song, my contribution is going to be a part of that experience. And, you know, I do that for free because it's a self-expression and I enjoy it. And so... I think it seems to me that Wikipedia is social media, right? That, that, that yeah. distinction. Like, Maybe the distinction's you, you, you not great. You know forces you to make this stuff. You make it because it's fun. But where are the points? Another thing that you that I think that's interesting that we're doing is that there are some sort of mediums and forms of content that are very difficult to crowdsource. So, for example, crowdsourcing a video, very hard to do. So a lot of what um, people at Genius do is they look at the knowledge on the site and think about creative ways of packaging it for different modes of, of consumption. So you might see you know, an amazing annotation or an amazing set of annotations on a song and think, you know, how can we make a video that breaks down, you know, what you need to know about this in a minute or in five minutes or in 20 minutes. And so, you know, that's something that 
Uh, I think it's pretty powerful where you take, you know, the raw knowledge generated in the best way to generate it, which is from crowdsourcing, and then you package it in in, in the best way to experience it for a, a given use case, you know, whether it's scrolling through uh, Facebook or uh, um, otherwise experiencing what's, what's going to be the context. toughest platform for you guys to get onto? I assume Snapchat, right? Because they're the, they're the most closed. I don't think Snapchat, I think that especially with their new thing they just released, their advertising API, I yep. think they're going to welcome a lot of different types of content. But I think the hardest thing is Facebook. You know, Facebook Instant Articles is one thing uh, that I think is not that hard to uh, get into or get involved with. But if the more content's distributed through Facebook, the more uh, challenging, I think, annotation of the internet becomes. I think with music, uh, Facebook doesn't do a lot of music, so it doesn't really matter. Live performance is also tricky. Bonnaroo is going to be a tough platform. You know, you're (laughs) you're at a concert, you're at a music festival. Uh, it's your f- first music festival, actually, you've been to. And there are screens next to the stage, and they are showing uh, lyrics and you know genius facts, genius annotations as the music plays, synchronized. That's going to be a thing? That's going to be difficult, but also uh, very important. I, I think also just the music industry, I'm sure you've talked to a lot of guests in the music industry, music businesses, but like the music industry is a complex industry with a ton of licensing dynamics and a ton of competitive dynamics between streaming companies. That you know we're living that uh, as we figure out our product integrations with everybody. Yeah, and but you guys, I mean, you, you got your licensing deals, the labels done a couple years into publishers. it. Publishers with publishers, and you got a Spotify deal, so you're well on your way. Yep. Good job. Thanks. All right. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for letting me ramble. I That's it. it. Thanks for we, I mean, you know people say like it's I, a these, two minute these, podcast. These should be an hour and a half. These should be two yeah. hours. Jason Hershorn came in. He's still here in the basement talking. <laughs> um, you can find that one if you want. I'm sorry um, to you, listeners. You know Jason Hershorn has an early. You know, you mentioned like what did you know it took off or whatever. There are like a bunch of little moments, and one of them was Jason Hershorn and Alyssa Milano in like our first few months on Twitter talking about rap genius, and we were like, "Holy shit!" Mostly about Alyssa Milano. We had to look up <laughs> Jason Hershorn, but it was he was like she retweeted him, and we were like, "Damn, Alyssa Milano!" And, that was before the official. And retweet. Jason, you guys should go find Jason. Yeah, he's in the base. You're excited. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Peter. This um, was so fun. I hope it was fun. If you guys like it, you, the listeners, we're glad because it's free. and you should, We're going to make more for you. All you got to do is go to iTunes or Spotify or Google Play, subscribe. Um, and if you really like this stuff, there's more from Kara Swisher, makes the Recode Decode podcast. When they search for it on iTunes, should they put a slash in there? Just search for it Just on iTunes. Just put Recode, in, no slash. Recode. We, we actually have that SEO figured out. Other SEO is kind of tougher for us. Thanks to Digital Media, who makes this all sound great. I'm Peter Kafka. I'm back next week. See you then. Bye.